I uh, have to say I probably will not have the opportunity to uh, speak to such an alert audience as I will this morning, as your eyes are all peeled on the sky. So uh, we're just going to kind of call an audible here. So we'll just continue on, and I'll just keep talking, like usual, until the, the skies open and, and it pours on us, and then we'll just reconvene uh, under the, uh, the, the shelter of Edwards Chapel. So if that's okay with you, just in case, however, it, we are interrupted in the middle, I just want you to pay attention to these three signs that we have up here. We've got giving over here, if you can see that. We've got praying over here. And then over to my far left and your right is fasting. Those are going to be three very important uh, things for you to remember as we uh, continue on in our message this morning. I, uh, I would invite you to stand if you're able as uh, we hear from uh, Jesus himself through the pen of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 8, and then verses 16 to 18. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus... When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Verse 16, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Let's pray. We come to thank you, Lord, for the great blessings that you have poured upon us. We come to you, Lord, wanting to be vocal in our praise, but not showy. We want to be expressive, but not excessive. We, we want to be engaged in worship and not merely entertained. We want you to show us what it's like to worship as though no one is watching. So watch over and guide us to that end, so that you may help us be the kind of worshipers that you long in, in your kingdom. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts 
be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please take a seat. I'm sure that we've all seen these people from time to time. These are people that wear their commitment to God, their spirituality, as though it was a neon badge. Maybe you've been in a restaurant when someone prays over their meal so loudly that it covers all the rest of the meals in the restaurant, whether they wanted to be blessed or not. Maybe you know the kind of people that, that wear crosses around their neck that are actually life-size. They're trying to show, and they've got a 200-pound Bible, just so that everybody knows that they've been there uh, in the house of the Lord. And in this day and age with social media, maybe you've seen those individuals who can't have a quiet time without posting it on Facebook or Instagram. You know those kind of people? Maybe those kind of people that also buy those nice uh, Christian bumper stickers. Maybe you've seen some of them. My favorite is... God is my co-pilot. You seen that one? If God is in your car, how come he's not driving? <laughs> I remember years ago, I was just leaving the farm and I was going to college in the big city, so I bought a Honk If You Love Jesus bumper sticker because it was, it was planned ahead because every time I accidentally cut someone off or was caught going the wrong way down a one-way street and those city slickers would lay on their horn, I'd just look back and say, I know, I love him too. <laughs> so maybe we can see those kinds of, of, uh, of displays, outrageous, ostentatious displays of spirituality in others and maybe are not so prone to see it when it happens in our lives. And because of that, I think Jesus has a word for us this morning. Now, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount for a number of weeks now. We've just made it out of chapter 5. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5 through 7, we have a picture of, of what Jesus wants from his disciples, what it's going to be like, how we're supposed to live when his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a kind of discipleship manifesto of those of us who want to follow him. And if we want to get behind his messianic uh, imagination, we're wanting to look to see what Jesus has to say to us to be the kind of followers we need to be. Now, in the second half of chapter 5, uh, Jesus kind of sets the table, and, and he starts this section by saying, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he gives us six examples as to how this righteousness in how we treat other people, how we treat one another, unless that level of righteousness exceeds that of the level of the scribes and Pharisees, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And now he gets into chapter 6, and he's doing more or less the same thing. He starts off by giving us the theme verse. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. 
So if we want to remember this morning what it is that Jesus has on his mind for us, it's this very first verse of chapter 6. And we might put it in our own words. I mean, if, if you worship to be seen, your reward will be lean. Maybe that'll stick. What, what Jesus is saying here is if we are worshiping so that people around us see how holy we are, then our, our reward will not be what it could be. And so what, what Jesus does here is very similar to what he's done in the last part of chapter 5. So he gives us the, the theme, your righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. And then he gives those six examples of how we treat one another. Here he says, don't practice your deeds of righteousness to be seen by others. And then he gives us three uh, illustrations or examples of how that might happen. Now he's still using the scribes and the Pharisees as the negative example, as the foil. These are the ones who are doing it the way we're not supposed to do it. But he chooses these three, giving to the poor, praying, and fasting as representative disciplines that show how we worship God. And what Jesus is doing here is he's trying to drill down a little deeper so that we all are aware that he's speaking to each of us individually. He uses the singular number here, which means he is talking to each of us as worshipers of the Lord Jesus. And he's trying to draw attention to these kinds of acts of worship, those of giving and praying and fasting, in the way that, that he wants us to do. Now, what we're going to do is, in order to kind of make this a little memorable, we'll, we'll kind of break it down into three parts. We'll first of all talk about how we are to give and to pray and, and to fast. And he'll give us a negative example first and then a positive. And then after the how, we'll talk about the why, what is our motivation for doing so. And then at the very end, we'll do the what. What is the reward? Okay? So remember what, uh, what Jesus has done here is that he started off by saying, in terms of the how, there are, are two ways to do this. Now, we'll, we'll label these. So the wrong way to do it, we'll call showy worship. Got that? Showy. Say it. Showy worship. Okay, so that's what we don't want to do. But what we do want to do, the kind of worship that Jesus commends, is secret worship. Do you say oh, secret worship, okay? So here we're going to go through, we're going to go through the how, the why, and then the what. And each time we'll compare and contrast between showy religion or showy worship and secret worship. Now, the first thing is to do with giving to the poor. Now, Jesus draws an example here of those who are the showy worshipers to say that when, when those people go to give to the poor, they actually sound the trumpet so that everyone could see their act of generosity. Now, all kinds of people for, down through the years are wondering, now, is Jesus, is Jesus serious here? Like, did people actually blow trumpets when they actually gave um, 
contributions to the poor, or is Jesus just messing with them? Well, quite frankly, I think he's messing with them. Because if we realize that Jesus actually has a sense of humor, which he does, if you read through the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about us having a, a small little thing in our own eye, a, a speck in our eye, and someone, or in a speck in someone else's eye, and a big plank in our own. That's, that's funny. Jesus must have a sense of humor. Look at us. Really. So what, what Jesus is doing is he's using this, this metaphorical or figurative way of describing how these people are making a huge deal about how they give. So I'm going to need some help from, from the audience here this morning. So I need someone to, to come forward and, and just help me out here. You won't have to stand up through the whole message, but I just need somebody to come and help me. There'll, there'll be six of you, so I'll be, I'll be looking. So who would like to be the first to go? Okay, Jim. I want you to come over here. And you are going to be our showy worshiper in terms of giving. So what I want you to do is to pretend that you're uh, blowing a trumpet. Okay, there you go. All right. So that's our showy worshiper in terms of how he gives to the poor. Then Jesus talks about the showy worshipers and how they pray. Now the showy worshiper, when they pray, they go out in the areas where everyone can see on the street corners, in the, in the prominent places of the synagogue, and they pray to their heart's content so that everyone can see them. Okay, so we need a showy worshiper to, to come behind our praying sign. Do we, do we have a volunteer? Oh, okay, Paul, great. So I need you to stand behind here and just go like you're God's gift to everyone. There we go, okay. There we are, okay. So now we've got our showy giver and we've got our showy prayer. And then he goes down and talks about fasting. Now, the, the showy worshiper, when they fast, they make good and sure that everybody knows that they're fasting. So they look terrible. They disfigure themselves. They look grumpy and gloomy so that everyone will know that that they are fasting. So do we have another volunteer? Okay, very good. So right here behind the, the fasting sign. And just give us your best sad face. Like you just lost your puppy. Okay. Okay, so this is how Jesus depicts the showy worshipers. Those who give in that fashion, those who pray in that fashion, and those that fast in that fashion. And, and he uses such picturesque language that it's very memorable. When you, when you hear them talking about blowing trumpets, right, and, and standing on the street corners and disfiguring their faces, that's very memorable terminology. But I was just wondering, <clears throat> since... Um, since we've just finished summer stage and, and we've, we've had all this, this musical extravaganza, I mean, this is, this is great memorable stuff, but I'm wondering if Jesus would have said it any differently if it was put into a musical, for instance. Maybe a musical by Gilbert and Sullivan. 
I am the very model of an ancient pompous Pharisee. I like to be religious where everyone can look at me. I give to the impoverished very ostentatiously. Everyone in sight knows my great generosity. And when I pray, I do it so everyone can see. I lift my hand and wave my arms so dramatically. I can pray forever or until the crowd has gone. I live in Jerusalem, but I do tend to Babylon. <laughs> and when I fast, I look like I have lost a fight. I really want to look holy, so I do it with all my might. In short, in matters that are spiritual, personal, and piety, I am the very model of the ancient pompous Pharisee. <laughs> it could use some work. It could use an orchestra, <laughs> and a chorus, and a singer. <laughs> but, but you get Jesus' drift. Now he's saying, this, this is how these showy scribes and Pharisees worship. Now he goes on to talk about the secret ones. Now how does a secret worshiper give? Well, Jesus says something, again, that's rather strange. He says, when you give, you're not supposed to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, he's not just talking about my typing style. He's talking about being completely spontaneous and, and open to be able to, to concentrate on, on God alone. So we need another volunteer. Do we, do we have another volunteer? We, we need someone who is, a, see, okay, Colby. Just come on up here. Stand beside Jim. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to just keep looking at your hands like that. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's how the secret prayer worships. Now we go to this, the secret giver works. Now here, here's how we uh, depict the secret prayer. Now, what, what Jesus says is you don't grandstand with your prayers on the street corners and in the synagogue. What you do is you go into your room and lock the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Another volunteer. Okay. So we want you to hide behind this tree. There we go. You can, you can just got to hide there and yeah, just peek out if you like, but that, that's it. You just got to hide there because that's how the secret prayers pray. And now we get to the, uh, the secret fasters. Now, instead of letting everyone know that they are fasting, what Jesus says, if you are a secret worshiper, you... You wash your face. You anoint your head with oil. You look like everything is going well, as though nothing is different, so that people would never guess that, that you are fasting. That's how you do it. One more volunteer. Last time. Oh, oh, oh here. Come on, Nathan. Right over here. Okay. Okay, here we go. 
So this is what Jesus is trying to tell us in terms of how to worship, how not to worship, and how to worship. When it comes to giving, we don't want to be blowing our trumpet. We just want to do so spontaneously, and we can't tell what our left or our right hand's doing, right? When it comes to praying, we don't make a big show of it. We go into secret where we can speak to our Father who is in heaven. And when we fast, we don't make ourselves look like we're all fundamentalists. What we try to do is we show that everything is fine, that we're continuing to live the way that we normally live. Okay, let's, let's give our volunteers a hand. Okay. You can go have a seat. Okay, so that's the how. Now we have to address the why. Why do these respective worshipers, why do the showy worshipers worship the way they do? And why do the secret worshipers worship the way they do? Well, it's relatively obvious because Jesus says that the showy worshipers worship so that they may be seen by others. And actually, in verse 2, it says that they, that they give in such a way so that they might be praised by others. So not only do these showy worshipers try to, to draw attention to themselves, they, they don't want to be acknowledged, they want to be worshipped. <laughs> and so the motivation behind showy worship is so that you can make a huge impression, you can build your reputation, you can have a massive spiritual resume from all of those that are observing you being so upfront with how you practice your spirituality. Now, Jesus doesn't even have to say how the uh, secret worshipers go about this, why, what their motivation is, because he knows that we can probably just take what he's saying about these showy worshipers and do the opposite. So if showy worshipers are worshiping for the peanut gallery of their peers, the secret worshiper is one who is simply alone with God, wanting to commune with him and doesn't have to have any kind of audience. Because showy worship is always self-worship. Even when we're giving to others, we think that the, the, uh, the object of our giving would be the poor people, right? But it's not. Giving to the poor people is an act of worship. Giving to the poor is offered to God. Because our generosity to the poor is a reflection of what we think about God. And if we love God and honor God and recognize that he has met us in our poverty and he has graciously given us what we don't deserve, then we honor and worship God by generously giving to the poor. And on the other hand, you look at fasting. Fasting in the scripture is most often associated with humbling ourselves. When we wanted to... Uh, be sorrowful for what we had done wrong, when there was an important decision to be made, when you were preparing for a religious feast, you would humble yourself by, by fasting. 
So if fasting is meant to humble ourselves, how can we use fasting actually to exalt ourselves? It makes absolutely no sense. So showy worship by its very essence is self-worship. And it's motivated by other people seeing us doing what we should really be doing in private, trying to make a show of, of our faith. So now we have the how, how to worship and how not. We have the why, the motivation, whether it is to receive the applause of others or to be received with, with uh, grace by God. And what is left, of course, is the what. What is the reward? Now, do these showy worshipers get any reward at all? Oh, yes, they do. They get exactly what they wanted. Notice that? They go through all of these motions to be noticed by their fellow worshipers, and their reward is they are noticed by their fellow worshipers. And that's it. That is it. Now, as, as, as intoxicating as being recognized for being a holy person can be, if that recognition comes from our peers, that's got a pretty short shelf life. People tend to be rather fickle. And they can be praising you for, for your spirituality one moment, and they can be on another wavelength the very next second. You can hear people say, oh, wow, do you see how generous Blaine is and as he gives to the poor? Can you, can you imagine? Look at how, how generous he is. Uh, could you give me change for a quarter because I, I want to give a tip? Or, oh, wow, look at how Blaine can pray. He can pray for so long. And, and those big special words and vocabulary. Oh, did you see the special effects in the new Star Wars movie? Or Blaine, look at how he can fast. He can go for days and days without any food. Let's go for Chinese food. You see, it, people's adoration and their praise doesn't last very long. But that's the only reward for those who play to the crowd. Now, do the secret worshipers get a reward? Yes, they do. And their reward comes from their Father in heaven. Now, there is some discussion as to whether these rewards from the Father are ones that we receive right now, or whether these rewards are treasures in heaven. There's a bit of a discussion there, but I think just because right after our text, Jesus talks about treasures in heaven, he's probably referring to that in this text as well. 
And so he's saying that our ultimate reward will be given to us by God as a treasure in heaven. But if there's one thing that we've learned to, to recognize about our current blessings is, is that our current blessings in many ways stem from our future ones. And those future blessings tend to bleed back into our present. So if our reward for being a secret worshiper is treasure in heaven, that great reward still bleeds into our present. And we will get the ultimate reward at the end, but we get the current experience of what it is to be face-to-face with our Lord, our Heavenly Father, as we give to those who need it, as we pray to the Lord and pour out our heart, and as we humble ourselves in the presence of God. And the whole idea as to when these blessings come is not really the biggest deal. The biggest deal is who is giving the blessing. For the showy worshiper, it's simply their peers. But for those who are secret worshipers, it is their Father in heaven. So there we have the how and the why and the what. And Jesus, in very memorable terms, has shown the kind of worship he wants from us as followers of Jesus. You probably have not heard the name Matthew Edridge before. But Matthew has been in a number of very, very popular movies. And yet his name remains relatively unknown. The reason for that is that Matthew is a body double. So it's his job to to offer himself on those occasions when they need to save the star. So when they need a shot of someone's arm or head or hands or feet or someone to do a dangerous stunt, it's Matthew that does that so that the star looks good. And Matthew is one of a cast of about 100 people who work 15 hours a day just so that the star can look good. And the only credit they get is at the very end, when the credits roll. I think there may be something there for us when Jesus calls us to be secret worshipers. Are we able to worship God and not care who gets the credit? Are we willing and eager to worship God even though no one observes us doing it? Even though we have no personal audience egging us on and holding us up as as though we were resting on a pedestal? I think what Jesus wants is that kind of, of, of worship that allows us to stay in the background. And and let those who want to make a big show of themselves get all the the box office because that's fleeting. That's not going to last very long. But in terms of, of Jesus' economy, those of us who are secret worshipers, who worship him in spirit and in truth with no concern for an audience, we will be the ones that will be rewarded as the credits roll. And in Jesus' economy, those credits will roll forever.
I'm not sure where we stand this morning in terms of this issue, whether we have found ourselves every once in a while trying to be holy hot dogs and, and show ourselves to be more righteous than the other person. It's probably important for us to remember that if you want to be a holy hot dog, you know what happens to hot dogs. They're, they're fit for the barbecue, right? So remember what Jesus is saying. He's saying simply this. If you worship to be seen, your reward will be lean. This is not the time for me to ask you to hold up your hands if you're guilty of showy worship because that's kind of showy worship, isn't it? So we're, we're not going to do that, but we're just going to allow an opportunity for us within ourselves to take stock of how we worship. Are we the showy worshiper or are we the secret one? Do we long for God to receive the glory or for ourselves to receive the glory? And if we are true growing followers of the Lord Jesus, we will always want to be that kind of behind the background uh, individual that, that is not the showy type, but one that is willing to be in the background where no one else sees so that God may receive the glory.